Welcome back to That's So Second Millennium, episode 38. This is a continuation of my interview with Jill Pasteris at Washington University in St. Louis. Talk about uncertainty and faith from the perspective of two Christian scientists. And maybe a little bit about uranium. So, well, let's, let's see if we can segue a bit to talking about, you know, just the experience of, you know, being a Christian, you know, scientist. What, what the, how does that affect, you know, I mean, First of all, your life as a scientist, but also, you know, obviously your life as a life. Yes. And yes. that sort of thing. Um, you know, I've always, a, a long time ago, I kind of came to the conclusion that a lot of geoscientists are, you know, we're sort of in awe, of, we're studying the Earth. And, you know, I'm certainly in awe of the Earth. I remember going out on our field trips and you know, from whatever class on up, you know, that we go out to the St. Francis Mountains where we go all the time. Yes, um, yes. And to see, you know, one of those contacts where you have Cambrian rock on top of, you know, some Precambrian, you know, it's either nice or not nice granite or rhyolite yes. out there, right? And just right. to look at that and say, okay, that rock's half a billion years old. Half a billion years is a long time, yes. and that rock down there is three times older, <laughs> or there's three yes. three times its age. Yes, it is. Well, there's yes, there's a billion much. years between those yeah. two. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> it, it, it is. It and, is. and you can get lost in the awe of that. Well, I think that's one of the reasons I've never, I've never found a problem where my science was fighting my faith or my faith was saying you shouldn't be a scientist. I just, I, I've never quite understood all of this hoopla yeah. out, perhaps among people who are neither scientists nor people of, of faith. Maybe <laughs> right. Make, maybe make more of this. Let, <laughs> Yeah. Let's you and him fight while we watch. Right. You know, there's, I think there's some of that yeah. in, in, in there. Yeah. But, yeah, I've always been one of those wow kind, kinds of people. I guess yeah. I would be considered rather naive or unsophisticated, but I just get wowed by, by yeah. things. Uh, and there's so much, as you say, as a geoscientist, we, we go in all the different time scales. I mean, I'm talking about experiments that they're doing over a period of, of weeks that I'm looking at. And then yeah. you're reminding us about how we look at things that are billions of years old. So yeah. you've got all that. And then there's the dimensionality. I mean, you go out and look at a rock outcrop or mm-hmm. good gosh, a, a, a huge mountain. Right. And then you come back and go to the Raman lab and you shoot a beam that's one micrometer in diameter. Yeah. And, and so there's like these mind blowing sorts of experiences as yeah. a, as a, geoscientist yeah. um and uh i, I guess I, the, the other thing too is I, i've never worried that somehow something about my faith would make me not believe in or not want to believe in something that i know from my science or that somehow something i would find as a scientist or another scientist would present to me would somehow make my faith just crumble. Right. Uh, I just have never felt that. And in part, it's because every time people find something or I find yeah. something, yeah. The, the, deep, the more you dig down, the deeper you go, it's just finer and finer levels of almost mind-blowing detail yeah. that it lacks randomness, okay? Lacks <laughs> yes. randomness. And yet, I know, I mean, you're sitting here, you're looking at my table, right. which that's, this is what random unguidedness uh-huh. yes. looks like. You can't see it's this in mess. the video feed, but it's yes. It's a mess, okay? Yeah. Because the natural 
order mm. of things is disorder in right. my mind. Right. And and yet, you know, yeah. you keep exploring here this bone business. My gosh. Yeah. Unbelievable as they tease apart what is really going on. Yeah. These crystals I'm talking about are nanometer, billionths of a meter in right. size or, t- yes. or 10 times that, which isn't a whole lot more. Isn't a whole lot more. <laughs> no. Right. <laughs> um, and so, uh, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's all there. It's all laid out. Mm-hmm. And to me, um, evolution, yeah, I believe in evolution, but mm-hmm. it, I don't believe that it's like just some random walk. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just not. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't believe that. Right. Uh, and so I can't prove it to anybody that right. uh, it, it's not a, a random walk. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've questioned myself on how many things are really, really important to me. And I could never, I, I, I could never prove it to another human being. Right. And so just yeah. because I can't prove it doesn't right. mean it isn't so. Right. And I'm not going to worry about it anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, that's advice that's easier for some of us to take than others, but it's, I mean, that's the truth. You know, that's, that's simply the the human existence is we cannot, I remember coming to college and being very disappointed as it dawned on me. I'm not going to learn everything. Am I, (laughs) I'm still getting over that to some extent, but yeah. Yeah. But how bored you'd be if I ever did get to the end. That's very true. Yes. And there are these people who predict that there are no more big questions in science. I, I don't oh, know gosh. where they yeah. live. Uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Let me introduce you to 1895. And they were not right. <laughs> they were absolutely not right. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's just yeah. uh, just remarkable how things morph over the years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and the, Our and ideas then, of how yeah. things operate and... Yeah. I mean, and, and we, it's, I mean, it's a human tendency to behave that way. I call it the bureaucratic instinct, but you could call it a lot of things. But this, this need to believe that we basically have all the answers already, you know, so that we can feel secure somehow in, you know, issuing, you know, dicta and making judgments on one another about, yeah. And I, I think, I think you're right. It is sort of a bureaucratic mindset. It's certainly very narrow minded. Yeah. mindset yeah. like uh i know what what we all know right now which is an absurdity because who could know right. all that is even all right that we now. know right now yeah. yeah yeah and then you make this little tunnel yeah. and sort of refuse to look outside of it yeah and browbeat people who who right. do try to look out right outside of it yeah. yeah yeah i mean i remember working in graduate school on uh, on uranium and, yes. and of course, that was when you know that was two thousand two to two thousand six when Yucca Mountain was a very live issue. Yes, and we were working on, you know, in, in that lab at Notre Dame, Peter Burns and, right. and his group. Yes, um, I want to say Carrie Ann Hughes was was working on this project. Like they were they were trying to figure out. I mean, it started with what is stud tight, stud tight. Oh yes, uranium peroxide, yes. one of the most psycho things on earth. Named after that, that physicist stud. Stud? Yes, oh, yes. I didn't know that. Uh-huh, I didn't yeah. even know that. But yeah, but uh, I don't think Peter believed it was a peroxide at the beginning. I mean, he finally got, you know, they finally got crystalline enough stuff. I think they had to synthesize it. Well, that's the thing. Yes. They synthesized it. They, they solved the crystal structure. EGADs, there are two oxygen atoms that are that close together. EGADs, it is in fact a peroxide. Yes. yes. What's really interesting is if you tweak that uh, synthesis a little bit, you get... Something even weirder, because stud tight. I don't remember whether it's just chains 
but the the two oxygens will sit between the uraniums, and so, so the uranium will kind of dock to both of them. Yes. And okay. then there's no reason a uranium can't, and in fact, it does dock to the other side, so you can get these big polymers. Yes. Uran- uranium peroxide, uranium peroxide turns out to be great, um, and uranium can urinal can do that with. So uranium is like uh, uranium is, of course, you know, you know, of course, I'm explaining for the audience, but you know, it's uranium, and there's two oxygens in a line. So that means that, you know, the uranium can't really accept other bonds because those oxygens are bonded very, very tightly up there. And that basically occupies all the uranium's bond valence. It's sort of, quote, desire, if you want to anthropomorphize yes. it a little bit, which helps us so many times when we do that. But <laughs> that's that's all the more bonding at once in those two directions. So everything it does is out equatorial. So there are lots of chain and sheet structures of uranium, uh, of uranium, oxidized uranium minerals. Yes. The yellow ones, the stuff that you get in contact with oxygen, this yeah. nasty caustic gas that we breathe all the time. Right, right. <laughs> the, well, Guy Consolmagno pointed out, you know, if we had, you know, three planets and a sun solar system and one was airless, well, yeah, we wouldn't look for life there. Well, what if one is like 95% carbon dioxide and 5% water vapor? Okay, well, you know what? That's Venus and Mars. We wouldn't really necessarily expect life there either. Yes. Now, if you had one that was like, uh, what, what, what did he say? It was like, <sighs> 40% xenon and 40% krypton and 20% fluorine? Wow, that'd be sketchy as heck. How could anything live in that? But those aliens would be looking at this planet and saying, Oxygen? Right. Straight oxygen? Molecular oxygen? I bet stuff catches on fire out there. That's right. Which is not the normal thing to happen in a planetary atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, it's But yeah, it's but true. that's what happens to uranium in this in this caustic, nasty environment that we have, which of course allows things to live because we have enough of a <laughs> thermochemical or a, you know, a thermodynamic, you know, delta G, you know, the difference in free energy for us to run cellular processes off of. But uh, but that stuff will, it polymerizes. And so this peroxide, carbonate does that. Carbonate docks to that very well. Oh, okay. um, I actually studied oxalates, which is like this little yeah. rectangle. And so you can dock to, you know, the, the long sides of the rectangle and build up polymers. That was actually wow. my experimental work for my thesis, for my dissertation at WashU. But peroxide is even more flexible. And in fact, if you tweak the synthesis conditions a little bit, what they found is they could get uranium peroxide buckyballs. Oh my God. Like 60 and 40 and 30 odd and member uranium peroxide nanoparticles. Could, could they accept anything inside of that? Oh, I or? think you could, you could put interest, you could put different things like water molecules right. or, or maybe yeah. even some, you know, alkali metals. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while since I've had a conversation with yeah, them about just, that. Uh, thinking about you know, it's like yeah. sort of clathrate like. Yeah, yeah, they're the, yeah. yeah, and they're and they're free floating nanoparticles, and they are wow. kind of stable. They're actually reasonably stable in solution. So once you form them at the right you know pH and so forth, <clears throat> I forget whether you needed it to be alkaline or acidic. You know, you get stud tight in one direction, you get this you know mineral would precipitate out in the other direction. You get these. Nanoparticles, yes. these fairly transportable nanoparticles, and the to bring it back to Yucca Mountain, there were no models that included the possibility that you know because because why is why are there urinal peroxides right because uranium pits, spits out these alpha particles these alpha particles yes. rip electrons away from the water, water yeah. you start generating peroxide and eventually yeah. you could get enough peroxide to get uranium sure. peroxide 
what's going to happen if you bury the spent nuclear fuel, start generating peroxide? And, and none of the none of the fate and transport models, oddly enough, included the possibility. You know what? Because we didn't even know they existed, <laughs> let alone that they might be important components. Yes, of, <laughs> of course they were. They were hoping there wouldn't be any water too. Yeah, but, but you can't you know, avoid you can't, that. That's right. You I mean, you have to think it. about so what would happen yeah. if water got what in? What will happen yes. when it happens? Yes. And, yes. Yeah. It, uh, and then yeah, and the world is just not that simple. Yeah. 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 Which I mean, you know. So what's what's the question? We were sort of talking about this before we started recording. Was you know you you, you face life and you have to accept that you're just going to have to make a provisional decision. I, I think that's where the public got upset. Yeah. Um, because you know they they wanted somebody to say, and nothing bad could ever happen right. at any time in the future if we right. did it this way. Right. And you can't you say can't. that. No. 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 So people take all kinds. Of risks with themselves doing things all the time. Yeah. But if, yeah. if, if yeah. you can't tell them that, that no molecule of uranium will uh, ever, ever leak out, ever leak out in right. the next you know, five billion years, right. then they don't want you to stick it down in the earth, which is actually where it came from, which is right. another issue. That's another issue, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ideally, you'd stick it, uh, ideally, you'd take it to Canada and stick it in like Cigar Lake or something, you know, bury it about know, a mile below the surface and in this nice, uh, well, first of all, away from that nasty caustic oxygen. Yes. <laughs> so go back well, to its reduced state that you found it in. I mean, this is my thought, too, that you got all these different coal deposits that yeah. aren't really worth much. Not so much. Take yeah. that and just pack it around that whole yeah. place. Yeah. You know, that, that would have nice been my cushion, like instead of. Styrofoam packing in a right. box and coal all, all around. <laughs> That's right. I mean, you know, as much coal as possible. Well, it's it's, yeah. it, it's not only a reductant; it's a great adsorbent. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, my thought would have been: assume stuff's going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. What are you going to have out there right. that yeah. is going to get trapped in? Right. So that doesn't yeah. move Reducing. farther. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's what they're finding at Hanford, aren't they? They were worried about this plume uh-huh. working its way toward the river. Yeah. But then, as they kept making measurements, drilling, I think, and, yeah. and making measurements, it it, it petered out. Uh-huh. And so the question is, what what is holding it up? Right. Uh, and how stably is it being held back? Yeah. You know, adsorption's yeah. always sort of iffy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Adsorption but, is fairly reversible. You you yes. want to precipitate it into one of your phosphates, like That's you were right. talking about. That's yeah. right. Something where it's really not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Or you know, if you overwhelm the system with a reductant, right? Then it's it's going to stay reduced, it's stay fairly on. immobilized, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for a long period of time, yeah. Which is the the principle of a lot of what, what they call permeable reactive barriers yes. and things like that. Yes, yeah. right. Yeah. Some yeah. of which have phosphate uh, in their uh, fish bones turn out to be very good yeah. to prevent lead from moving farther because yeah. the fish bones are just. Soluble enough in yeah. in in water that mm-hmm. the lead's trying to pass through it ends up precipitating instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fish, fish. <laughs> we have a lot of fish bones from certain industries. Well, that was it. The idea was to find something that was a cast off from some industry so yeah. that it could be used. First of all, just that that's an environmental. Issue yeah. in itself to prevent yeah. it from just being waste that needs to yeah. be disposed of. Yeah, just sticking um, it in a landfill somewhere or something. Yeah. Yes, Put and, it to work. And, yeah, so that you could instead of having to envision digging up things and yeah. then carrying them to someplace else, 
and dumping them, you yeah. could leave them in place, but they would be stuck in yeah. place because they would be stuck in an insoluble mineral. Yeah. They'd be maybe immobilized. Yeah. It's just although that that comment just makes me think from the Earth's perspective, what do we crazy humans do? But you know, dig stuff out and then move it somewhere and eventually just bury it again. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Like the dog burying its bone and then forgetting, right. where, forgetting where where it, it was. The squirrel burying its acorn. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Right. And digging up my entire garden to find so where it put where it. Is it? <laughs> where is it? I know I put one yeah. here somewhere. <laughs> I'd like to smack those squirrels. Oh yeah. yeah. Many of us would. Many of us would. Yeah. They eat my dad's corn quite a bit. Oh. Uh, they're not very they're not very helpful from that perspective. Anything you can do to encourage the deer and the squirrels to stay away from the cornfield is is is, uh, is preferable. But uh, yeah. So, have you found many scientists that are believers? How do you go about finding this out? Or do you stumble across this, or see oh, that frequently. someone's written about yeah. it? Or? Yeah, very very frequently. I don't, you know. So, for example. Um, was just at was just in Indianapolis, the Geological Society of America meeting. Um, going to try to interview him next week. His name is Kirby Runyon. He's a planetary scientist. He's out at Johns Hopkins. Okay. And so he studies uh, Aeolian uh, deposits on Mars, among yes. other things. That was yes. uh, that was like half of his dissertation. Um, yeah, and I don't remember. We met, I think, at another GSA meeting, I want to say four or five years ago. What would that be, 2013 or something? And, uh, yeah, I don't remember how it came up in the conversation. But, yeah, he's. I think he's Episcopalian. Okay. And, uh, and he does some, he does some stuff on YouTube about, you know, faith and science and Great. we just, yeah, it's, it's serendipitous. Um, I'm certainly a fairly timid soul myself, uh, in terms of, you know, bringing that up. But, yes. Yes. Um, yeah. And, you know, then it's ironic. I went to, uh, I went to, uh, to Notre Dame and, you know, and I mentioned Peter Burns and, you know, he's, he's actually probably the most, <laughs> the most anti-religious scientist I've dealt with oh, on a okay. basis. It just well, happens to be that way. Yeah, I mean, so, it's good to sort of know what, what yeah. the other people are thinking about and what bothers them about religion yeah. or scientists and religion. So yeah. it's, I mean, that, that was probably useful information. Yeah. Um, sometimes I think a problem arises when people talk past each other because they yeah. don't know what the concerns of the other person is. And so you never yeah. like come together yeah. and, actually discuss what the stumbling block is you may go away and say it's still a stumbling block but at least we know we can talk to each other right um yeah yeah to try to try to approach convert well to start conversations and why would you start a conversation if you didn't you know why would the other person engage with you if you couldn't give them any bona fides that you know you actually want something good for them and vice versa yes yes so yeah which is yeah. yeah and as christians you know that's that's sort of that, that's that's written into our. Uh, <laughs> it's the code. <laughs> it's the code. It's the code. It's the way. It's yes. The way that we're supposed to be. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, you know, so many things. I'm, I'm thinking about retirement now, but uh, you know, you put stuff off that that you really wanted to do, and then you realize you don't have the opportunity anymore. Right. It was for many many years at, at the GSA meeting. They would mm-hmm. have a luncheon together. There was a Society of Christian Geoscientists. Okay. And I always thought, gee, I ought to join them. I thought, oh, I got so much going on, yada, yeah. yada. And then I stopped seeing that. 
Yeah. And I thought, doggone me. You know, this yeah. is what happens when yeah. people intend to do things and then they don't. Yeah. And then the impression is nobody's interested in right. this. Yeah. And all falls apart. So yeah. I was yeah. Yeah. annoyed with myself, as I often am. Right. What I, yeah. you know, choose to do and then what I choose to let slide. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're all we're all making choices all the time. What we're what we're actually choosing to prioritize and what we're not. And you're so, making predictions about what will still be around when you have this when you have time. the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And because you have no way of knowing in most no, cases. No, no, indeed. Yeah, but you can't save everything, too. That's the other side of it. Yes, another side of it. Right, but so. it is good to you know we, we know from the Bible that. There, there are these revivals that yeah. occur, yeah. and it seems like we never stay on a on an even keel. No, I've been reading Nothing through the various still. judges and so forth. I'm yeah. up to Second Chronicles as I'm working my th- way through the Bible again, and yeah. and it's just up and down, up and down. He yeah. followed the ways of, yes. of his father, who was a yeah. a jerk. He was he was <laughs> not that great, That's and right. in fact, he did worse than his father. That's yeah. right, which yeah. was really not that great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But then there'll be one who followed yeah. David and yeah. did this, but you know, and two kings later, Josiah, and, and then, we're down in the pits again. That's right. Um, yeah. And and so we, we decided we had to conduct that experiment again. Yes, and, <laughs> I mean, you you look at these countries where Christians, well, any religions sometimes right. are just very much repressed. Yeah, and it's unbelievable the faith of those people. Yeah, and so. Sometimes I I I I think we're we're being strengthened and that old joke about what what mm. what doesn't kill you will Makes make you stronger. stronger. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and so I uh, you know I I try not to get down in the dumps. Although yeah. you know I look back when I was a kid and practically everybody went to church and yeah. and I think good gosh we've come a long way and it seems to be mostly down. Right. Um, <laughs> right. But I shouldn't yeah. I shouldn't think that way. Yeah. And things are changing and they will change in the future yeah. too. There there are opportunities. I mean there's so much in terms of you know we're living yeah, as a catholic I'm looking at things with a very very long lens, right? Yes. Yes. And so, you know, there's a lot there's a lot that you can blame 15th and 16th century corrupt prelates for in my mind you know that there's been a you know there was so there was you know the reformation which absolutely there needed to be some sort of reaction against the just flaming hypocrisy and of course you know what are we dealing with today i mean we're still dealing with you know a layer of that um of 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 the people in charge of the people you know who were the public face of of the church Yes. Um, yes. You know, so, so then we get the the Reformation, and we have the various national churches, and you know, people begin to go in the direction of secularism because you know they look at they look at Protestants and Catholics fighting each other, and you know, neither one of them really behaving necessarily in anything you'd identify as what this Jesus of Nazareth guy seemed to be saying. Right. We're living. Right. And then yes. you know, so even in that direction, and then you know, and and then the people, you know, the sort of secularism is now being, you know, there's different types of secularists are now fighting each other. Yes. I mean, it's like, yes, <laughs> I, have, right. I have, you know, the friends I was talking to, you know, this, this weekend, um, you know, they live in New York. They're on, they're on a certain side of the political spectrum. And, you know, you might complain that 10 or 15 or 20 years ago, they might be complaining about the religious right. And I'm in the back of my mind. I'm like, just wait till you see the irreligious, right? 
<laughs> just yes. just wait. Yes, right, um, right, they're, right. They're yeah. all different kinds yeah. of groups. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and it's so much. You know, it's, it, the the progressivism is in so many ways. You know, it sees. I think it consciously sees itself as you know as attacking religion in a lot. You know, to, to a large extent. Yes, I, I think and so. yet, in the interest of what? In the interest of what goals? Like. I think they're trying to be more Christian than Christians in a lot of ways. Cause what are they, you know, like they're arguing for, you know, we need more tolerance and acceptance and. Well, it, 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 it is not laughably funny, but oddly yeah, funny. It is. Yeah. Um, they're, they're trying to develop tolerance yeah. by just enforcing it. Right. <laughs> How does that work? That isn't, Tolerance isn't there? Isn't there? Yeah, just sort of marching in lockstep because somebody will smack you over the head with a newspaper uh, if and, you. And uh, were we talking about tolerance? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and and so it's like they they understand this is very important. Yeah. But we as Christians would say yes, but it's got to come from the heart, right? Or or it isn't tolerance, right? Or it's it's very directed tolerance and still right. intolerance right. to everything except what they've listed as as what you need to tolerate, right? Um, and, yeah. and so uh, it, it it just I don't know it, it's an unfortunately very good example of of, of why you need Christianity right. because you can't do these good things that even. Even many atheists will say, you know, these yeah. aspects of Christianity are are, are, are good. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, how you pull that off, yeah. you really are talking about getting down really deep into the essence of who you are. Yeah. Um, and the more superficial it becomes, yeah. the more fake it is and the yeah. less worthy it is and the yeah. more troublesome it is. So it's, yeah. 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 The, the, the number of places we have to escape from ourselves conceptually and you know technologically is amazing yes amazing and not very helpful yes and yet and yet there are people i mean and and some of them are very strange you know have have some very amusing sometimes <laughs> new agey type of ideas uh, and yet you know i mean, i i you know i i I, I stay plugged in, but mo- mostly via podcast to, to certain of that, you know, sort of side of, uh, of contemporary society. And I'm amazed so many times how often, I mean, people make themselves work so hard to, and Fulton Sheen back in the mid 20th century would say this sometimes he had, I mean, he had a number of books and you know, they, they were a little repetitive, but you know, I, I read one called Peace of Soul and he was already saying at that point how psychology was sort of slipping its hand into the garbage can where all this Christian stuff has been placed and pulling out wadded pieces of paper and straightening them yeah. out uh-huh. and seeing that they have, you know, discovered something. Right, right, yes. <laughs> is, is there anything left to discover uh, about humanness that yeah. hasn't been discovered in the past several thousand years? Right, I mean, right. Well, that's, that's yeah. something I see, and that's something I hope this podcast goes in the direction of in the future is really, is that, I, I think there is a lot to be, if we could consciously, you know, look at the Christian tradition, all the many strands of it, and yes. how the different spiritual, in particular, the different spiritual traditions would have really kind of lost sight of. Yes. Um, yes. And to look at those and say, okay, you know, but to some degree, some of those make somewhat quantifiable predictions. Some of those are really, you know, storehouses of interesting ideas. Mm-hmm. 
But if we let ourselves see them as opposed to saying, oh, that's all that religious garbage that we shouldn't, you know, we, yes. we're, we're so much better than that now. We'd save ourselves a lot of work. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I mean, that's, of course, I think one of the problems of being human. Right. We, we look around and we see these breakthroughs in technology. Mm-hmm. And so we think we're really coming up. We're above all the earlier peoples. But yeah. deep down inside, the no. humans aren't changing a whole lot. Not a whole lot, no. The computers are... Everything else is. Yes. But we're still who humans always were. Yes. Um, yes. And so that, that's, I think, a come down for many people. But once Some people, you, yeah. Once you accept it, it yeah. it's like, okay. But then, as you said, it means we could go back and sort of do what they call data mining. Right. These days, you know, <laughs> go, go back. I mean, you see all Learning these from old, the tradition. Yeah, all yeah. these old books here that I've oh, that yeah. got. I, that say it's the library that is eBay's finest because that's where I got them all. Oh, yeah. But I, I want to know why we as geoscientists view mm-hmm. the Earth the way we do. Yeah. And, you know, it, it goes back a long way where you start yeah. out with choices you make. So yeah. how do you see things and, and where you go off? the rails yeah. for a while and yeah. then get pulled on back. Um, yeah. But I mean, it, 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 I think it's the same thing about spiritual matters. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, how, how do we, how do we come to grips with ourself and, and mm-hmm. ourself in relation to God? I mean, he yeah, surely didn't put us here just to, to have us sit and cry about how bad we are and how far below him. Right. We are. We're supposed to be reaching upward. Yeah. But, but you want to have some paths to the upwardness. And, yeah, yeah. You um, figure he probably, I mean, and that's, you know, that, that itself, that's that's this fascinating tension, especially in the New Testament, about, you know, we need God's help for it. You know, yes. and, and you look at things that have happened in the last, you know, several decades, you know, the whole 12-step movement, which is like explicitly, you can't do this by yourself. Yes. And, I mean, yes. and they for very good reasons, talk about, you know, the God of your understanding. Gosh, he sounds kind of Christian. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Giving, giving yeah. you the grace that you need because you, you do in fact need a savior. It's not you. Yes. Yes. It's, I don't know, it's not whatever external thing that, you know, finite external thing that you're placing your, you know, confidence in. Yeah. So, yeah. well, you know, that's another thing about being a, a scientist or something about a, being a, a, a student, it, you know, when you had a really good professor, you knew that when you were thinking, oh, my gosh, I just don't get this stuff and all, there was someone you could go to who would help you along. Yeah. And so, I mean, we're so lucky we can think of Jesus in, in, and the Holy right. Spirit in, in, yeah. in that way. Yeah. It's like we're looking up, mm-hmm. uh, but we don't see how to get up. Right. Um, and so yeah. we, we have companions along the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and of course, yeah. God puts in our path people yeah. that, you know, you, yeah. you pray for help and mm-hmm. I don't know what we're expecting, some great hand to come down. Right. <laughs> meet somebody instead. Meet and and yeah. maybe in retrospect, you think that's just the sort of person I needed to meet. Yeah. Maybe that's how God answered this prayer for yeah. my help, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, like you said earlier, it's not something that you can go back and prove, but yes. yes. And yet that doesn't mean that it's not true. Right. And yeah. does it need proving you, you, yeah. you got this help Yeah, and 
so it's nice to be able to recognize it um, as something yeah. that was meant to be. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my computer's about to fail. Oh, all right. So that's a that sounds and that's a great, I think, place to. I really think that's a, a great place to end this up. So I thank all you right. again for your time. It was great okay. to have the chance well, to have this talk conversation. Fun, yeah, talking yeah. to you, Paul. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope we get the chance to do it again, at least have a short conversation again sometime. As I said there, my laptop died right at that point. It was at 3% on the battery, I believe. <clears throat> we actually talked for oh, at least half an hour before I even started recording. I was sitting there thinking, Paul, you need to start recording. Then we recorded that hour interview, and then we talked, I think, for another 20 minutes or half an hour afterward until Jill had to leave. Uh, it was great conversation. Obviously, you know, there's nothing like talking to an old professor sometimes, and I'm grateful to have the chance to do that. I hope you enjoyed it as well, and uh, be sure to uh, look us up at that's the second millennium tssm.podbean.com. Uh, send me an email, any kind of comments. Uh, let us know. Let us know what you're thinking about the podcast. Take care, uh, and have a great Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>